I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody. This is Bitches on Comics, the podcast where you ask us questions about comics and comic-adjacent materials, and we answer them. I'm Sarah Century. And I'm Essie Fleenor. Thanks for joining us. Okay, Sarah. I have a question for you. What are some of the funniest comics I can read? Oh, funny comics. Oh, like the funny books. I get it. Um, <laughs> I would say read some Linda Berry comics. If you're looking for mainstream superhero stuff, definitely Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is really funny. Love that comic. We're probably going to talk about it many times. Loved it. Still going. Squirrel Girl is really good. And Kelly Thompson's Hawkeye that was about Kate Bishop was really funny and great. Just kind of one of the best superhero comics I've read in a long time. I don't think it gets its due. It was goddamn fantastic. Lumberjanes is hilarious. Tons of jokes. Great. 100% great. Just so many really great indie comics too, I guess. Oh, Gail Simone's Deadpool. Yes. A lot of Deadpool, but Gail Simone's Deadpool was extra funny. Yes. The sheer humor. Other people did better things with Deadpool on other fronts, but as far as just being a funny comic book, Deadpool, Gail Simone. Love it. Love it. I also would add to that list Agents of Hate, which I'll probably talk about a lot on our our (laughs) podcast because it's just the timing in it is so good. They just time their jokes really, really, really well. So I love Agents of Hate. I'd also say Doom Patrol. Though I'd say the show probably brings out more laugh out loud moments than the comics. Highly recommend the show. Very, very good. You can get it on DC's streaming service. 
Who else makes me laugh? Actually, I read a new comic called New World, and I thought that was pretty funny. It's a dystopian comic about this character who is basically on a futuristic version of the TV show Cops, and she's a cop, but like then she has to kill people on screen, but people vote for who they're gonna kill. And again, does not seem like it's far off. I feel like I've said this about a lot of scary comics, <laughs> but it was really funny because I think the cop has this really incredible sense of humor and also like a crisis of consciousness as she's a cop. So I think the humor is a uh, really gallows humor which I am a sucker for gallows humor those are the ones I would recommend I would also say I don't know if it's supposed to be funny but I always read Judge Dredd and thought it was really funny oh my god I thought <laughs> Judge Dredd is hysterical yeah I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be funny I always kind of don't know because I feel like some people take it really at face value and they're like I love reading about this terrible cop and I'm just like uh I don't with his weird helmet yeah they're like I love this terrible cop and I'm like I don't like him <laughs> no thank you I don't think I'm supposed to like him I think I'm supposed to think he's really funny though because he's I am the law that's one of the most hilarious things ever even Rob Schneider thought that that was funny in the movie from 1990 something I also loved the movie. I'm a sucker for an adaptation, I'll tell you that. The other one I would say that is kind of a sleeper is the Buffy comics. I know a lot of people didn't read them after the show ended, but they were, they've been such an incredible way for me to stay connected to the Slayer story for all of the issues that exist in the show and in the comics. I'm not going to pretend like they're suddenly gone. I really, really love the comics. They're really, really funny. They show, you know, Buffy growing. They show all these characters sort of becoming hilarious versions of themselves. At one point, Dawn becomes a giant for, you know, not exactly explained reason, which is pretty hysterical. And then she has to talk to everybody. And then Xander ends up with a crush on her because, of course, he would yeah. Xander. Xander. Um, but he's tiny. And that part's pretty funny because she's so big <laughs> and he's so tiny. Yeah. Good. You get what you deserve. Yeah, Xander. exactly. I wish she'd just smushed him. Yeah. Get out of here, Xander. We have a question from Ashley, and it is, if you could have a superpower, which superpower would it be, and why? <laughs> so I spent a lot of time thinking about this and there was like four years in college that I really wanted my superpower to be the ability to vomit on cue. <laughs> Because I was so annoyed in college with a lot of pretentious people telling me like the way the world worked. And so I was like, how amazing would it be if someone annoys me even mildly, I could just vomit. I swear to God, there's a character that has that power. I swear well, there has to be. What's his face? The one who vomits acid? Uh, Zeitgeist? Yes, from <laughs> Ecstatics. Yes. yes. And he's also in the Deadpool 2 movie. Oh, um, right. Which is why I remember him. Yes. You know, I don't know if I want it to be acidic barf so much. <laughs> but, you know, that's a prior dream. I let that end in college. I, see. I no longer want my superpower to be vomiting. But I thought that was a really weird, specific one. I'm so sorry if that's gross and you're, like, grossed out right now, but also not that sorry. <laughs> now I think I would want it to be something very visual and cinematic. You know, I'd want it to be an ability that is showy, that people are like, oh, damn. They're cool. And so I think I would want to be electrokinetic, you know, because it gets that cool storm control of lightning thing. Mm -hmm. But also you can fix computers. But also <laughs> like you can break computers. But also the synapses of the brain are electric. Mm -hmm. And so you could fucking kill people. <laughs> Which I don't know if I want to do, but I like the idea that I could, you know. What are some characters that have that power? 
Oh, my God. Electro. Electro. Obviously, Storm has mm-hmm. some of that capacity. I don't know how her abilities... Are her abilities solely about weather? Doesn't Static Shock have that Oh, my power? God, of course. And... Literally in the name. Black Lightning kind of has Black it, Lightning too. Black Lightning a little bit. Black Lightning definitely has it. This is all Black characters. Mm, <laughs> there might be a tie there somewhere yeah. that we don't know too much about yet, but... No, I certainly don't. And it's just, like, so cool-looking when you see it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I think I like about it. I watched the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I think like, the first three seasons are super solid. And then it's like, what is happening? Right. The Maria that? Hill appearances on that are great. This yeah. is completely off topic. Yeah. Hello, Maria Hill. I really liked when the main character gets her inhuman powers. They did a really great job visually with it, which I think is difficult because she has the ability to manipulate waves, like mm-hmm. sound waves. And some other stuff I can't remember. Because it's Daisy Johnson from the comics. Mm -hmm. And I thought that they rendered that really cinematically beautiful. And I think ever since I saw that moment when she comes out of the cocoon and breaks it all with her powers, I've been thinking, God, you gotta have a cinematically beautiful power if you're gonna go for it. So that's why I would choose electrokineticism. Mm -hmm. So I think that mine, you know, I have the ones that I want to have. I would love to be able to turn invisible. That would be incredible. Why would you want to turn invisible? Because then I would just be able to walk around downtown without even making eye contact with anybody. And I would just be able to harass you on the street. Yeah, I would love for people not to be able to see me. And I could just wear sweatpants everywhere, Mm. (laughs) which I could do anyway, you know? (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, (laughs) that's one option. (laughs) You know, I would love to be super strong. I'd love to be able to fly. These are all things. I don't think I could ever trust the ability to fly because I've seen too many comics where somebody loses their ability to fly in the air. I hate that scene. It happens in so many comics, and I hate it so much. I'm thinking about the when Carol does, and then they they, she has that weird like ski do for the sky. Mm-hmm. I can't handle it. I cannot handle that. So maybe even if I had the power of flight, I wouldn't (laughs) use it that much. I'd be hovering three feet over the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Is there someone who's super strong, can fly, and is invisible? Invisible. Yeah, it has to be John Jones, Martian Manhunter. Oh! That's cool because I then I could John be Jones, Martian shapeshifter. Oh. Yes, yes. Also, yes. I really like the version of him they do for Supergirl. Have yeah. you seen it? Yeah, he's really good. I think good. that's super solid. Even his new series is really good. Yeah. Not to get off topic, everybody maybe wants the Martian Manhunter powers of literally everything. That's a really good power. I mean, can I my power be literally everything? Okay, check. Nice, great. Love you it. You are like Martian it, Manhunter. Gotta have it. <laughs> about who else is invisible there's like the creepy dude from kitty pride kitty oh because of her phasing she can go invisible intangible so she can be you know she takes on the ghostly form people can't see her sometimes so i don't think i knew that i knew she could phase but i don't think i realized she could yeah huh kitty what's not to like about kitty pride i know well way people write her <laughs> there's been some times where she used some uncomfortable language oh in the 80s Ooh. to prove a point Ooh. Not good. Not a good look, Kitty. Anyway, that's fine. We just kind of hold it against her a little bit. Maybe we try, like, not to have that conversation with her whenever we're having conversations with her in our heads. I've never had a conversation with Kitty Pride. Maybe you have. But also, I think that the (laughs) power that I probably do naturally have, the one that probably fits my personality Mm. the best, I always relate to impasse. 
And I always relate to telepaths. So mm. I always love Raven, Jean Grey, Deanna Troy, all of the psychic characters. Those are all my jam 100%. Theo from The Haunting, which is the psychic lesbian of my dreams that I am as a oh, person. God. Love her in general. But that's probably who I am. Now, because life is hard <laughs> and unlucky and difficult, I'm assuming I would end up. This is my projection of all of the I'm different... <laughs> this is like very well thought out. This is all all of the different ways that this could go in my life. What would probably end up happening is I would have a power like the Doom Patrol where it's a reflection of my inner... <laughs> insecurities yeah. that I have to really struggle to master. So, you know, something basically that reflected having to learn to trust and rely on others in some way probably would be, it would be basically something where... Like maybe you turn invisible when you don't want to. Yeah, and you kind of have to have somebody tethering you back or something. Like you I'm have to have tether. a... <laughs> I'll be your tether, Sarah, anytime. Oh my God. I love you. You're okay. <laughs> All right, thank you. I love it. Uh, <laughs> it would have to be something like that. That would be my antithesis power that would make me a member of the Doom Patrol, which I assume is the team I would be on if I were yeah. in a superhero Oh my God, team. me too. Also, it's like them are the agents of hate. Uh-huh. I would want to be on one of the loser teams because yeah. it seems like the pressure is a lot lower. And like <laughs> yeah. when you solve things, you're like, damn, we fixed something instead of breaking it. I can't believe it. Yeah. Oh my God, I love that question. So I think what would I be naturally? I think I'm the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Or She-Hulk, probably. I like the way it feels to be in my hulky powers and also still look like a person and don't eat my children. That's a whole weird old man Logan thing. Mark Millar. Thanks, buddy. I think that that would likely be what I am. And I think it would be, if I was on Doom Patrol, the downside, like you said. Of, then I would go Dark Hulk. I'm just ripping apart cities because I'm so fucking mad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that would be my power. So there's the one that you choose, the one that you just intrinsically are, and then the one that you would be cursed with. Yes. So there's three tiers to this question, yeah. definitely. <laughs> there's there's a lot going into this. I also wanted to ask you a question about something you said. Something that I've noticed with superheroes is so often they get, you know, some sort of interesting ability and then like super strength, super speed thrown on. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Because they couldn't have one of those things. They would have to have all of those things. Those are all superhuman. So if you can fly at very fast speeds. Why the speeds, fuck wouldn't you be able to run really fast? You're also going to need a harder skin <laughs> that can deal with going at Mach 5, you know? It just goes hand in hand and it solves a lot of the problems of that. Yeah, but so. like... If you only had one of those abilities, there'd be some... Yeah, if you had super strength, but you still were as damageable as, <laughs> as I am, then... <laughs> Can you imagine? No, it would... Splat. Yeah, you... First fight. It wouldn't matter if you were super strong, really. So they kind of have to combine things. In, obviously, Morrison's X-Men, that's a time when we started to see a lot of the X-Men have secondary mutations and stuff. That didn't necessarily always make sense. Emma Frost becoming able to suddenly turn into diamond kind of came out of nowhere. It's cool. It looks very cool. cool. It gave her a I look cool in battle kind of power, which I assume is basically what they were going for. When it gives her like, you know, her sexiness, like a Mm -hmm. a, a different sort of (laughs) Yes, I do know it. (laughs) (laughs) You you know her sexiness? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm completely on board with this. Sarah Century approved sexiness. (laughs) I thought though I always thought the diamond gave it sort of a because you know she's a rich girl too so it's like yeah. it's, it's kind of funny because it's a commentary on that right mm-hmm. but then it gives her that super yeah I'm sexy mm-hmm. and I'll turn to diamond and kill you with a 
second. Yeah. It's like, love you, girl. <laughs> I love you. Love Emma Frost. <laughs> This episode's comic of the week is Kelly Thompson's Hawkeye, starring Kate Bishop. Hawkeye Kate Bishop was created by Jim Chung and Alan Heinberg. The writer was Kelly Thompson, the artist was Leonardo Romero, and there were a whole lot of different other people working on this, but the primary colorist was Jordi Belair. Joe Sabino did lettering. All of the versions of Hawkeye, I think, were pretty good. We had the Matt Fraction version. Kate Bishop gets a lot more involved during that time. Also, Kate Bishop was really good in Young Avengers, of course. Oh, yeah. We've seen a lot of good stuff from this particular character team up. So Hawkeye, this series, was the one where we see Kate Bishop goes to Los Angeles and tries to make her money as a... P.I. that's unlicensed. Yeah, an unlicensed (laughs) P.I., which she's very aware of and made very aware of. We get to see the kind of fun side of her. In the early Young Avengers, we saw the very anti-capitalist and kind of mad Kate Bishop. I want to see more of that brought in to the modern era. I think that she was really interesting doing things like telling Wanda that she's a hypocrite. I loved that time. But now she's a lot more affable. She's kind of... In L.A. doing her looks like Katy Perry thing. Oh, my God, yes. Um, She teams up with the Detective Rivera to work on things. There's nothing actual hot that happens, but I wish there was. We can read a lot into it. Mm -hmm, It's easy mm -hmm. to read a lot into things with Kate Bishop, who is not known as straight Bishop. We usually call her more queer Bishop. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, So... (laughs) Not less queer Bishop. That's like a different character. We had... Basically, this series starts out as just kind of your regular mystery, kind of I'm going to help this person kind of situation. But it is around stalking. Yeah. It's around helping a woman who is in distress and actually looking at her as a character and being able to interact with her. We kind of know what she's been going through, which I think is very important and something that we miss, obviously, in the incredibly misogynistic noir subgenre. This is kind of noir, but only the fun parts. It's like noir mixed with comedy. Mm -hmm. So you get the best of both worlds in a nice way, I think, in this comic. Yeah, and then she gets more into superhero world. So we Mm -hmm. start to see, obviously, Clint shows up at a certain point, obviously. And then, you know, we have little guest appearances here and there. There's a great Jessica Jones team up. Unbelievable. Best. So good with each other. Great interactions. I think that's also my favorite Jessica Jones. Yeah, actually, me too. I think that Kelly Thompson always should be writing Jessica Jones. I think people tend to think of her more like the Marvel TV show, which, again, I actually really like. Yeah. But I don't think of as the same as the person in the comics. There's a lot of trauma that she isn't allowed to fully work through on the TV series because the premise starts with the Purple Man and kind of just stays there. So in the comic version of Jessica Jones, you get to see her work through those things. And by the time she shows up in Hawkeye, she's just kind of a sardonic. But self-possessed. And also, she doesn't baby Kate, which Mm -hmm. I think Kate gets from other people All the time, yeah. All the time is probably a better way of saying it. Even her dad, when he does show up, is like, oh, little baby Kate. Mm -hmm. Little baby Kate, do what daddy says. (laughs) She's like, I hate your capitalist needs. I hate you. so good. I hate you as a corporation, not as a dad. (laughs) You're just a corporation to me. (laughs) 
And then when Madame Mask shows up, oh. this is probably one of the best Madame Mask <laughs> stories that has ever existed because a lot of times this is, I'm so obsessed with Tony Stark. I'm out here trying to ruin Tony Stark's life all the time. And it's just like, girl, Tony does not deserve this energy. Mm-hmm. So we drop Tony Stark. It's so easy to ruin Tony Stark. Just she does it off. again and again. She does it again and again. She's constantly coming in. He trips her up by pretending that he loves her back or something like that, which is such a low blow, dude. And then also, on top of all of this, Tony Stark is, though we love him, a bit of a schmuck. And so it makes us be like, Madame Mask, respect yourself, girl. And instead... <laughs> she comes and fucks with Kate. She comes like, and, so good. Yeah, she completely messes with Kate's head. And she takes on Kate's identity. So there's two Kate Bishops that are just fighting each other on the rooftop. And she's just like, you're a spoiled rich kid with a oh, yeah. daddy complex. And Madame Mask is like, which one of us are you talking about? Because I really can't tell. <laughs> so good. And everything about this series, it's a lot of fun. You get a yeah. lot of deep dive into Kate's whole just identity, I guess. We get to learn a lot about how she's interacting with the world at present. She's not very tied to her past, but it does come back in and then we see the goofy clint team up we see her have her hijinks with rivera we see all of that stuff so it's probably like one of the best series that was coming out i think 2016 to 2018 absolutely the other thing i really really loved about it is how kate creates this community around her you know she moves to la she's broke as all get out she's been cut off by her parents you know in some ways she's a poor little rich girl but she is one who has chosen to live her life by her principles and she doesn't want anybody she doesn't want help she doesn't need anybody and then slowly but surely this very diverse very queer group of friends forms around her and instead of being one-offs which is something that happens a lot in comic books with side characters they show up they go on like a little bit of a journey together and then they're written out Kate seems to collect people, and as she collects them, they start looking out for her. They know her. They take care of her. One of the people knows that Madame Mask is not Kate because Kate always has a busted-up face because <laughs> she's like always fighting. And that's a really sweet moment that if Kate had gotten her way and been isolated, she never would have gotten that and wouldn't have had the help that came alongside it. So I think it's such a great comic. It takes Kate on a new journey. It helps her reconcile with her past, as you said, Sarah. And and it's just super duper fun. Oh, the art, the combination of the art and the hijinks and the writing is the (laughs) best. The art is great. It isn't super complicated. It has kind of clean lines. Everything looks beautiful. It's just a beautiful comic. Thanks for listening to Bitches on Comics, the podcast that is here to answer your comic book questions and our own. If you'd like to ask us a question, email us at bitchesoncomics at gmail.com. B.T.C.H.E.S.O.N.C.O.M.I.C.S. at gmail.com. Gmail does not like the word bitch, so if you leave the I in, we won't get your email. So make sure you leave the I out. There is no I in bitch. You can find out more about us and this podcast at bitchesoncomics.com. If you like what we do and want us to keep doing it, there are many ways you can show your support, including becoming patrons at patreon.com slash bitchesoncomics. Also, please feel free to rate and review us so that more people can find out about us. We appreciate your support. 
Sound is recorded by Kate Warner, who plays in the band Churchfire, who you can follow at churchfiremusic.com. Theme music is by Earth Control Pill, and you can follow her work at earthcontrolpill.bandcamp.com. I'm Sarah Century, and you can find my work at sarahcentury.com. Follow me on Twitter or Instagram. I'm S.E. Fleenor, and you can find me at sefleenor.com. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This is Bitches on Comics, and we're recording in Denver, Colorado. We want to recognize the indigenous peoples who have inhabited and do inhabit this land. The Arapaho Nation, the Ute Nation, the Cheyenne Nation, and other sovereign nations who have been erased from our history and collective memories through colonization. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.